Fly Fishing Internet Radio, your source for learning more about fly fishing in cold water, warm water, and salt water. Hello, I'm Roger Maves, your host for tonight's show. On this broadcast, we'll be featuring Paul McCain, and he'll be answering your questions on Long Island's fly fishing treasures. This show will be 90 minutes in length, and we're broadcasting live over the Internet. If you'd like to ask Paul a question, just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and use the Q&A text box to send us your question. We'll receive your question immediately, and we'll try to answer as many of them as possible on the show tonight. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to receive our announcements so you don't miss out on any of our future broadcasts. You'll see a form in the right-hand column of every web page. Just fill in your name and email address, and we'll keep you informed. This broadcast is being recorded and will be available for playback on our website about 48 hours after the show ends. You can also find it on any of the podcast distribution sites like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, BeatSpot, Player FM, or any of the other platforms you might be using. So if you have to leave early, you can return to our website or any of the distribution platforms at your convenience and listen to the recording at any time. If you're out and about on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, which you're appreciated if you share our podcast. And when you do so, use the hashtag AskAboutFlyFishing. Uh, we've got buttons right on the home page there of our website, so you can do the share right there, and we'd appreciate you getting the good word out. Um, and in fact, if you've got a moment, do it right now. The content of this broadcast is copyrighted and is the property of the Knowledge Group Inc. doing business as Ask About Fly Fishing. When we return, we'll be talking with Paul McCain about Long Island's fly fishing treasures. Douglas Outdoors is a manufacturer of premium quality fly rods raising the expectations that anglers should expect in componentry, design, engineering, craftsmanship, and in turn performance. Led by head rod designer Fred Cantui, uh, Douglas has achieved award-winning rods featuring eye-opening strength to weight ratios and dialed-in technique-specific actions and tapers that cater to a host of different species. Douglas Outdoors has a truly deep lineup of rods, ranging from 12 weights for monster tarpon to two weights for tiny brook trout and everything in between. Check them out at douglasoutdoors.com. Again, douglasoutdoors.com. Before we introduce Paul, we'd like to let you know about the great prizes we have to give away tonight. For our drawing tonight, we'll be giving away a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International and a one-year subscription to the Fly Fishing and Tying Journal. So you have two chances to win tonight in our drawing. Now, if you haven't registered yet uh, for the drawing, you can do so now. Just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and look for the link under Paul's section that says, click here to register for our drawing. Click on that link, fill out the form, and we'll announce the winners at the end of the show. We'll also be giving away a $50 gift certificate to River Bay Outfitters. That's Paul McCain's fly shop on Long Island. Uh, you can find them online at riverbayoutfitters.com. So to win this $50 gift certificate, and you'll, you can redeem it in the store or online. Uh, Paul will be glad to help you out any way that he can. But to win this, um, you're going to have to be the first person to answer the question or questions, because sometimes I do two-part questions, um, that we ask at the end of the show. And the question will be about uh, something that Paul and I talk about during the show, and you must submit your answer along with your name and your location in the text box on our homepage. So listen closely and use your best typing skills. Uh, take notes, pay attention, and maybe you'll win that $50 gift certificate uh, to River Bay Outfitters. 
Our guest tonight is Paul McCain. Paul has been an avid fly fisherman for 30 years. He has fished in South America, Montana, and up and down the East Coast. It was the love of the sport that led him to teach fly tying and become a certified casting instructor and guide. In 2014, he opened his own fly shop. His unique ability to teach and explain even the most intricate details is the key to the success of his clients and has made him one of the most sought-after guides in the nation. River Bay Outfitters is the only dedicated fly shop on Long Island, and Paul stocks a full range of rods, reels, lines, and flies for both saltwater and freshwater fishing. He also continues, uh, to, continues to teach, and through, uh, through River Bay, Paul hosts fly tying, fly fishing and classes, and seminars. He also organizes trips where his customers join him at fly fishing destinations, both well-known and not so well-known. Paul, welcome to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. Thank you, Roger. It was a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, great to have you. And uh, what better thing to do when you're in lockdown than to talk about fly fishing, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, or tie flies. <laughs> uh, yeah, tie flies and listen to the fly fishing podcast. That's, that's, that's the ultimate right. here right now. That's that's what I encourage all our listeners to do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and by the way, we have, I think this is, I don't know if it's 310 or 311 or something like that podcast for everybody to look at, listen to on our site. So, uh, uh, if you're new to Ask About Fly Fishing, go check out the archive when you're done. Lots of stuff to look at. Well, Paul, well, lots of questions. Um, you know, um, Long Island might not be the first place to come to people's minds when they think about fishing. Sometimes, they, you know, it's many more what seemingly might be exotic places in the world. But um, after talking to you, it sounds like Long Island has a heck of a lot to offer uh, in the way of fly fishing. So. Let's talk about um, the island itself. Maybe you can give us a little bit of history and, and how it was formed and, and kind of what the topography of, you know, the, the, the island is. Well, the, the island is uh, pretty special. First of all, it's, uh, it, it's actually the, the most populated island in the United States, and it's the 17th most populated island in the whole world. Uh, it's at 118 miles long and between 12 and 20 miles wide. Um, and in that, you know, it's only 1,377 square miles, there's 7.5 million people, over 7.5 million people live there. Most of them live towards the western part, close to uh, New York City. Um, we also have the first lighthouse in the, in the country, was built right here on Long Island, and we had the first working cattle ranch, which is still running. It's out on Long Island. So it has a lot of history. But mostly uh, for fishing, Daniel Webster caught a world record uh, brook trout right here on one of our rivers. And so it has some pretty interesting fishing. People don't realize, uh, you know, what we have here. Um, as far as it goes, uh, first question people ask me is, uh, what kind of fishing can I do? Why, where can I go fly fishing? And I'm like, there is so much water, fresh and salt, that is just, uh, you know, yards from my shop. So there's one a lot the, to do. Yeah, one of the things, you know, before the show, you and I were talking and uh, you were explaining, you know, how the, this is kind of the end of the glacier uh, when the, they were receding and uh, kind of shaped the island and so forth. How does the, the topography of the island uh, affect the fishing? That's, that's well, 
Well, the glaciers pretty much ended right in the center of the island. And then when they started receding, uh, there was a washout. And all the fine sand kind of flowed to the south, which makes the south shore very sandy and flat. While the north shore, that it dropped its boulders and it, and it carved out little hills. So we have hilly mountains, not high mountains, but, you know, we have some hills and a lot of big boulders. And that North Shore is all rock. You know, they don't have the fine sand that we have on the South Shore. Uh, so it's different fishing, but it, there's different habitats and, and structure on both shores um, that we could get into in a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stripers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. Let's dive deeper later on. Um, we did have a question from Craig and Craig, <laughs> Craig, Craig in Portland, Oregon. Um, he says, I visit my adult son in New York City a couple times a year and would love to take him fly fishing on Long Island. We don't usually rent a car, so is it possible to take a train from Manhattan to within walking distance of an area to fish? Basically, how difficult is it to fish this area for a tourist visiting the city? Well, first of all, if you're talking uh, salt water, there are guides that work out of Manhattan, so they'll pick you right up, so you don't even have to. You can fish right around Manhattan, right around the Statue of Liberty. Uh, it's amazing fishery that way. But if you're talking about freshwater and you want to stay on Long Island, the Long Island Railroad, which has got many branches, with uh, they have uh, stations at every uh, every town. So you can just take it. Any town to get off. Some areas can walk right to the water. Sometimes you just take a short Uber ride, but they're they're pretty close. Um, and if you want to go all the way out to the end of the island, you just there's a train goes all the way to the both ends. So there's there's public transportation plus buses too. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Also, uh, Tim Keller in Salem, Oregon, wanted to know. It says my daughter and her husband live and work in New York City, and I. Wondering what the cost of short-term licensing is in, in New York. Uh, it's really not that bad. I mean, the one-day license is $10, a, a seven-day license is 28 and if he's going to be out here many oh. times, it would pay to get a, a seasonal, which is 365 days for $50. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, it's not. West and that's Coast, the freshwater uh, license. <laughs> the saltwater license, it's, the saltwater is a, is a registration, and it's free. So you just have to be registered. Oh. So it's free. Whether you're fishing from the shore or a boat, right? Well, if you're if you're with a guide, they carry this registration. But it, you know, it's free. So just go online and just register. Um, ah. And then and that also covers uh, if you go to Connecticut, you could also use the same registration or Rhode Island. So okay, okay. But it, it, but sense. just for clarification, if it's if you're doing it yourself. And you just want to go cast, uh, do some Just go online casting. and, yeah, just, just it's free. Yeah, just it's register. Free. You okay. just go to yeah, to the New York State uh, DEC website okay. and uh, you just register. Good, good. Okay, let's uh, dive into this. Let's talk about uh, salt water because we've got both salt and fresh to talk about here tonight. Um, let's start with the salt water. And uh, geographically, there are really different saltwater fisheries that exist around the island. So can you kind of uh, define those for us, and then we'll, we'll dig into each of them as we, we go. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, like I said, the North Shore is, is a lot of rocks and boulders, so you can uh, you know, walk in, in your fishing structure. Why, if you go to the South Shore, 
it depends where you are on the island because on all different areas. You got to remember, it's 120 miles. Um, so the South Shore, where I live, we have marshes. It's all you know these marsh islands. Uh, so we go there and fish the flats, the mud flats. And even in New York City, we have a, a huge, a huge, uh, you know, Jamaica Bay. It's just, it's just an estuary that just is teeming with life. And it's <laughs> amongst five million people. It, it just is incredible. And also, that's another place they could also take a subway from Manhattan and just go fish uh, from the shore over in Jamaica Bay. Uh, one of the national parks, Gateway National Parks, is uh, is over there. Part of their park is in Jamaica Bay, so you're allowed to fish there. So uh, if you want, really, to fish more like uh, go to almost like the Caribbean, you go out east to fish the flats. Uh, it's sight fishing for stripers in two feet of water. It's in crystal clear water. It, it is really has a lot to offer. Yeah, yeah. And you've got... Um now I noticed that in looking at the map, uh, you've got the east end too, right? Um, yes. What you have, that look like a lot of bays and estuaries too? Is that the case? It's it's on the on the south shore. You have more estuaries. On the north shore, it's more bays and deeper bays. Uh, there again, it so has to do because the the way it was dug out with the glaciers. The north right. also the Long Island Sound is actually an estuary. It's the world's largest estuary. It's it's oh. huge, you know. All the different water, all the fresh water comes in, so it mixes. You got fresh and salt mixing it right in there. Uh, it's very rich, very deep, um, and you can have fishing all over. You just there are different reefs that you would like to go to and fish. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There again, yeah. you do need a guide or a boat, you know. Okay, yeah, for that, yeah, sure. Um, and and we're going to probably address this. Um, specifically for each of these fisheries that you've talked about. But Don from Montana um, wrote in and he says, uh, what saltwater species are available fly fishing from shore on Long Island? Uh, and is the shore considered public land, or do you have to go to specific public areas? Uh, and in parentheses, but uh, from public beaches, can one walk along the shoreline freely? So can you kind of speak to kind of in general at all the species you might be able to catch around the island and then and oh, um, public the access? Main, the main species that everybody seems to really want are the stripers, uh, striped bass. But we also have bluefish, and then we have the weakfish. Uh, a lot of people, I like to target what we call fluke or summer flounder, um, which is a, a flatfish. The plus also uh, right now, um, you know, I you can catch just about anything on a fly rod. In the fall, we're really dealing with uh, the albacore, the false albacore, which is uh, mm -hmm. kind of like a mackerel or tuna in the tuna family. And uh, they're just uh, the speedsters. They're just incredibly strong for the size. We also have bonita, weak fish. Uh, so you have a lot of a uh, lot of options. Another thing that people are starting to target are these cow nose rays, which are you know. They're they're huge. <laughs> it's an amazing huh. what you can catch on a fly rod. You know. And as far yeah. as access, he's right. As soon as you can get, if you can get to the shore, you can walk up and down as long as you stay below the high water mark. Um, uh, we're blessed. We have a lot of parks. So 
that you can easily access, especially in the western part of the of the uh, island. There's a lot of access points that you can go into. Um, town parks, state parks, uh, you know, federal parks. So you you do have access, and the law is once you get on the beach, you, as long as you stay below the high water mark, you can walk up and down as far as you want to go. Nice, nice. That's nice to have that kind of access. Yeah. Good. Um, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're, we're going to dive into each one of these fisheries, so you can talk about it more specifically. Sure. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Baja Fly Fishing Company is dedicated to fulfilling your vacation dreams, and just so there's no mistake. They derive as much pleasure helping a novice improve as they do fishing with a pro. From the casual to the hardcore, they can match your expectations with their experience in coaching. A vacation with Baja fly fishing is more than a fishing trip. It's a full-on Baja experience that you will remember forever. They know the Baja after 40 years of traveling its back roads, kayaking its shoreline, surfing and snorkeling while pioneering the fly fishing techniques that have evolved into the tactics used today. They are well-versed in fly fishing the beach, in kayaks, on pongas, and are well-versed in all tackle types. Join them in pursuit of roosterfish, dorado, marlin, sailfish, wahoo, jack creval, yellowfin, skipjack, and many other species. Learn more about Baja Fly Fishing Company by visiting their website at BajaFlyFish.com. Again, that's BajaFlyFish.com. You're listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We're talking with Paul McCain about Long Island's fly fishing treasures. If you'd like to ask Paul a question, just go to our homepage at askaboutflyfishing.com and use that Q&A text box to send us your question. We'll receive your question immediately, and we'll try to answer as many of them as possible as we can tonight. Okay, Paul, um, I also asked my guests, you know, what's going on in your fly fishing world? So tell us a little bit about your business and what you've been doing. Well, about uh, right after Sandy, we have a super sore Sandy. I was uh, working as a manager in a restaurant, and the manage, uh, the restaurant got washed away. So we were pretty much out of uh, unemployed for about six, seven months. And at that time, uh, my wife said, "This is the time. You always talk about it." So we've been ta- I've been talking about this for years. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the plunge and start a fly shop. And uh, I'm very happy, I'm very happy that I did because it's. Uh, quite the it's quite enjoyable for me this is what I love to do I love teaching and, and it just works out perfectly um, before I started I, I went 150 miles to every fly shop in the area to see what kind of shop I wanted and uh, I think I found it you know it's a very welcoming place and, you know I want people to come in when this is all done um, come in have a cup of coffee and talk fishing okay and uh, the name of your shop is River Bay Outfitters. River Bay Outfitters, River, yes. Yeah, riverbayoutfitters.com. Easy to remember. Okay, both both the names are the same. <laughs> yeah, and you have um, everything in there, rods, reels, flies, everything for salt and... and yeah, we're, uh, you know, there are a lot of shops that do sell fly fishing equipment, um, but the bottom line is if you don't really fish fly fish, it's not the same, and you, it's really, to me, a fly shop is a place you go to learn. You have to, you can't just sell a rod, especially you, fly fishing is a learning curve, and you want to teach the people. And once they once they do it, it's just, it's like a light goes off, and it's tough to go back, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I, my, what we call it ourselves, the Fly Fishing Learning Center. 
you know, because we we do the trips, we do the classes, so the all of it. I mean, we I try to learn as much as I can. So I'm very big. I do tenkara fishing. I do uh, two-handed uh, casting from the beach. I do two-handed spay fishing for steelhead and trout. So I, I want to learn every aspect of this sport so I can sell the product, but also to teach you. Yep. And that's what I want. You know? And um, and do you have uh, you run guides out of your shop too? Can you hook people up with? Well, guides? I I don't run. You know, we're a little bit different than most shops. You know, especially like Colorado and you know Montana. Those are uh, those are destination shops. People come out there, they get a guide, and they go out for a day. We're a home shop. This is a shop where people live here and they stop in. And I don't have, I don't, I'll book a trip, but I do have guides that I recommend. And if you like, yeah. I will do that for you. But I do, I pick my guides who I would recommend, who I find yeah. would, are the, just a you know, pleasant experience. You, you want the experience. Sure. And that's so important for a guide. You yeah. know, you don't want somebody to carry your luggage. You want somebody to teach you and enjoy the right. day. You know. So good. So it sounds like you got a long list of people to recommend if, if people are looking for. I, I do. Um, I have a tremendous amount of. Uh, we have a lot of uh, boat guides here on Long Island, captains. Uh, that uh -huh. I and they and every one of them, I can't say I fished with them, but I've met them and we've hung out and they're just generally good people. So that that's my main goal is to, you know, put you with somebody that. Will you learn from, and that you know you got to match up the right person, you know. Sure. So, okay, yes, good. I do recommend good. them. All right, so folks, you get out to Long Island, you know where to go uh, for your supplies, your equipment, and and your guides, and uh, Paula, Paula will fix you up. So um, check them out. And uh, in what town are you in, Paul? We're in Baldwin, Long Island. We're actually in Nassau County. We're towards the western part of the state. Uh, the this island, uh, very close to the uh, city line. Okay, okay. All righty, great. Well, let's jump back in here. I've got a bunch more questions. So let's start digging into each one of these fisheries. Um, you know, you've told us a little bit about them, but uh, let's get into more detail. Uh, so let's, let's start with the, the West End there. Um, so describe the kind of fishing that's available there. And can you do boat uh, fishing as well as shore fishing? Uh, you can. Uh, like I said, Jamaica Bay is in the western part. That's one big, huge estuary. And they're, they're, like I say, Gateway National Park is there. Um, you could get a permit for to go fish there. You actually just have to, you know, just come in. You don't have to get a permit. There are a lot of access points that you can walk the shore. You also have uh, the city beaches like Coney Island and all that. And during the season, you have to be there before lifeguards, and you have to get off and then go back after lifeguards. Uh, the Rockaways, there again, they're sandy beaches, easy beaches to walk. Where I live actually is Torch Jones Beach, it's an absolutely gorgeous state park. It's a barrier beach, so you have surf on the front side, and on the back side it's a bay. And back there we have a lot of, uh, we have bridges where you're not allowed to park Hopefully we'll change that someday. We're not allowed to park at the bridges except for one. But if you're not, if you're willing to walk, you can walk quite a bit of areas. There's a lot of bike paths that you could follow, and then you could just fish the, the sod banks. And 
this time of year, this is the place to be because the, the mud flats warm up and the stripers are in there now, and it's, it's just been, it's really turning on. So, um, so there is that what, type of uh, beach. And uh, what, what kind of species are we talking about to fish for? Well, right now, right now, the species that we have are is uh, striped bass. Um, they okay. they coming in. Um, they're what we call schoolies. They're in the 22 inch, 20 inch to about 26, 27 inch. A few bigger ones. Usually, the smaller ones come in first, and then the bigger ones come in a little bit later. Now, they should be here soon. We've had a very warm winter, so uh, this is early. We're doing well. In a, in a few weeks, we'll start seeing bluefish, which come in and they just, they'll just tear up. I will tell you, I've been down, I go down to the beach almost every day just to check things out, and I've never seen as much bunker in the back bays that we have now. Um, and bunker is a, is a big bait fish in the herring family that yeah. just about everything lives on. And the ospreys yeah, the, are um, hungry. Yeah, do the um, stripers and the um, and the bluefish uh, come into Jamaica Bay? Oh yes, oh yes, absolutely. Oh, go right in there and oh, feed. They, okay. Right now, the the Jamaica Bay is loaded with stripers. Um, okay. Yeah, they're they're loaded. Uh, we, you know, they they'll be in there. They'll be in the back. They'll be as far up as <laughs> almost to into the freshwater. They'll come in. So, uh, stripers will go back and forth. Bluefish will stay more in the bays and the ocean. They won't come into the freshwater as much. Okay. But when they're coming in, they're, the blues will start coming in because they're going to be spawned out. They're going to want to fatten up, and they, they get very hungry. Um, they spawn yeah. in the ocean, but they come back into the bays because the bait is here. If you got bait, you got you got predators. So. Yeah, my, uh, my good friend... Uh Sandy Ingber, who he's the executive chef at the Oyster Bar in uh, New York City, and uh, oh yeah, uh, that's one thing he told me. He said one thing about blues is bluefish are very good to eat when they're fresh caught. He says if they sit around for a day, then they're not so good. <laughs> that's so, true. And uh, yeah, actually, I prefer if I'm going to eat a bluefish, it's going to be under three pounds because basically. They eat these this bunker, which is a very greasy oil. I mean, when they're feeding on them, you'll see an oil slick on their surface. They just tear them oh, apart. Oh, these, they're, they, these, the bluefish, they, they like piranhas. If they got any bigger, I wouldn't go swimming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Good. I'd like to. Haven't fished for those one of these days, but. Uh, oh, they're well, so that much fun. Great now. Any particular uh, flies that you use, uh, and, and I guess this might be true around the island for, for stripers, but uh, talk about the kind of flies you use for stripers and, and bluefish. Well, right now the stripers are like, uh, they're in their, we call them schoolies. They're, they're kind of like bad teenagers. They'll just chase anything. <laughs> and so oh, right. I like to have, oh, yeah, they, they're like, you know, like puppies, you know. They're just, they'll play with anything. So I like to uh, like to use like a popper. And I actually, I like a, a fly called Jack Garside's Gurgler. Uh, it spits flies. It, it's on the surface. Uh, they smack at it. They jump on it. And they'll chase that thing forever. Um, even when the bluefish are around, I love it because they really hammer it. They tear it apart. You know, you get two fish out of a fly, but it's an easy fly to tie, so it's, I don't mind, you know. But that plus uh, also uh, half and halves or our uh, clouser minnows or deceivers, 
you know, you could pretty much fish for everything just with those four flies. I will tell you, there are a lot of people tie flies and they call it their own. There's not a lot of different flies out there. They're just just variations of uh, existing patterns. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And yeah. so, but there are a lot of uh, I've I've seen some really nice flies, and you don't really need you don't have to tie spend hours tying a fly to catch these fish. Yeah. 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 So. Well, those are all really famous flies. I mean, those are there are standbys. Yeah. For oh, absolutely. Generations have been around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've caught yeah. more fish. Those those four. Well, those three flies have caught more fish than just about anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. The zebra clouser and uh, what? The gurgler oh, yeah. or the half and half? The gur. I like the. It's the half and half. The deceiver and the clouser. They're, they're the half and half is actually a, a like a, a. It's a mixture of the deceiver and the clouser. It has uh, yeah. the same clouser head, but it has tail feathers on it. Uh, but they they just work really well. And then, like I when said, there are there are other flies out there that work, but sure, those are the sure. ones I use the most. Now, do you fish those generally uh, within the first? Uh, I mean, are you fishing with floating lines uh, near the surface, or do you have to use sinking or sinking tip? Or? Well, no, you don't. When I, if I was to have one line only one line I probably would go with an intermediate line uh, but no it's always good to have, I, I have several you know when I'm in on my boat I have three rods rigged up with sinking lines floating lines poppers you know I'm all ready to uh -huh. go just so I could do it but if you want to use one line probably an intermediate because if you let it sink and it's slow sink slowly you can you can get down, and if you want to work a popper, it doesn't sink that fast that you can't use a popper. You know, so one line I probably would go with an intermediate. But if I'm fishing flats, I want to have a floater. If I'm fishing you know, in the back bays when it's quiet and I, I want to work poppers very slowly, I'll use a floater. So I have you know, there's different lines. There's a reason why they make different lines uh, for okay. different yeah. uh, applications. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So, um, so we've kind of anything else you want to tell us about that West End fishery? That no, have? just that it's really is amazing that you're because the western part of the island is the most populated, and it's amazing uh -huh. the f water is how clear it can. It really has been clean uh, over the years, cleaned up. Uh, it's it just. Absolutely. Well, one of the things about Jamaica Bay that's interesting is there's actually, I believe, three sewage treatment plants on it, and the, because of that, they they pumping out a lot of uh, nitrogen into the water, which brings in plankton and all that, which brings in the bunker to feed on, which brings in the stripers and the bluefish and the fluke, and you know, it's so it's because we put in these. These treatment plants, how, how cleaned up everything got. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. other than that, that we have some of the prettiest beaches in the world, and I've been around the world, so. Uh, yeah. Right here it's, on Long um, Island. It's interesting. I'm just looking at the map, and right there, Jamaica Bay. To the upper left is Brooklyn. To the north is Queens. To the right is uh, JFK uh, Airport. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I, right in the middle of everything there. Actually, it's it's pretty amazing because you're you're fishing right off the runways, and these jet planes are taking right over your head. Um, yeah. 
And yeah. there's there's a few guides that actually work that area. So that's their home waters. Huh, so. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so then let's uh, work. Uh, that was the west end. Uh, since we're down kind of on the west south shore, let's let's go down to the the west south shore next and talk about well, that. Um, okay, that's more closer to that is me. That's where I am. We're in Nassau County. We're basically in Nassau County and uh, beginning of Suffolk uh, County, which. So if you look on the South Shore on the maps, you got these barrier islands, right? right. We we start with uh, you know Long Beach, and then you have the Jones Beach, and then you go all the way out to Cap Tree, and then they Fire Island, and then you got the Shinnecock, and you, they, these barrier islands actually protect the uh, the the mainland of the Long Island. And in behind these barrier islands, you have these marshes, these uh, mud flats uh, with some deep channels, but a lot of them are shallow. This is where the bait fish, this is where, this is the nursery. So we have a lot of the bait fish should come in and they spawn in that area. Uh, we have a lot of the herring and shad come in that area and spawn in that area. We also, you know, the... Bluefish spawn in the ocean, but their larvae drift into the back bays. And in August, we have baby bluefish loaded, hmm. which is a lot of fun to catch on a, on a five-weight rod. But it's also <laughs> a lot of other fish, like the summer flounders, love to eat them. So they, it's like it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way of getting kids into fishing is go for yeah. these little snappers. And we call them yeah. snappers because they do bite. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, so you mentioned a uh, fly rod there. We hadn't really mentioned, talked about that. But for these stripers and bluefish, uh, what kind of uh, what weight, weight rod are you using primarily? I, most of the, I'm using either an 8 or a 9. You know, eight or I nine. will have okay. a 10 for if I'm going to be throwing a heavier, bigger flies, uh, if there's wind. And, but uh, in the back bays on the north shore, you could get away with an 8 or a 9. Yeah, it's more of the question of can you throw the flies? Because some of these flies are yeah. three, four, five inches long, six inches long. You know. Right. So the I've landed some pretty big stripers on an, an eight and a nine. So you can mm -hmm. it can be done. You know. Okay. So. Okay. Now when I'm looking at the map here on Google, I'm seeing Long Beach and Jones Beach, which uh, like Jones Beach is a famous state park. Um, yep. And there's a bunch of islands um, to the north of those, you know, between the mainland. That's the marshes right. you're talking about. They're those really are the marshes, islands. right. Yeah. Now, okay. the thing is that's really, especially now, because it's a dark mark, uh, mud bottom. So the water is still cold, and it comes in. We get two changes of water a day, and it comes in cold. But if the best is if you have low tide around 12 o'clock, and it's just baking, that, that mud, and as the water comes in, it warms up. So that really gets the fish, really brings them in. So I like to fish later in the afternoon for the stripers, um, especially at this time of year, because it is still, and today it was freezing cold, you know. But uh, so I like to do that. But if you, if it's tough to access some of those spots. That's where, if you don't have a boat, a kayak is actually an excellent, excellent. Ah vehicle uh, it's it's you're protected you're not there's no big waves um, most of the channels you know you stay out of the channels you could get into spots that boats can't get into 
and I used them to get onto the island, so then I could go fish the islands. Yeah, wow. it's just so, using process. Um, so pretty much, unless you're feet, uh, unless you're out on the barrier islands, I'm assuming it's uh, it, it's kind of hard to access those marshes. Uh, waiting. There's or anything always, like that. there is a, if you look at Jones Beach, there's a parkway called the Wanto Parkway. Uh-huh. And, yeah. All right, and it runs all the way down to Jones Beach. Um, and in the, first of all, there's a parking lot on one of the islands. You do need a, a special permit that if you don't have it by now, you have to wait till after Labor Day. It's it's only given up to the March 30th. And then uh, after Labor Day, you can get it again. But you need that permit 24 hours a day. With that said, you can park in one of the mainland parks and either ride a bicycle down the bike path or walk. I mean, it's it's a you know a two and a half mile walk, but but ride a bicycle. And then you can drop down any of those low islands, and wow. uh, and so, so you have access done, yeah. there. If you if you don't mind walking, you, you got a lot of access. That's the that's okay. the key. And you, you get know. away from people that way too, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd be surprised you have how few people actually do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, and just uh, I guess I, I have to ask, but um, I, I think I know the answer. All these areas are probably closed currently, right, because of the, the virus. Nope. Nope. No. They're all open. We're allowed to fish. Oh, they are. We're allowed to fish in New York. Uh, what was just open was. The boat ramps and marinas were closed, but now they opened them up as long as you're, you're supposed to be family members only in the boat. The guides mm -hmm. still cannot go out. Guides um, can't but go out, yeah. Okay. They, they can't take any uh, – you, you're supposed to – only person in the boat is supposed to be living with you mm -hmm. uh, if okay. you can want to use a boat. If you want to use a kayak, of course, you're on your own, and you can put it in any of the boat ramps. We have uh, what they call a blue trail, where there's a lot of different kayak launches all over the place. And mm -hmm. so you could put okay. in uh, and use that. If you want to walk, you could go anywhere. It's, they're all open. So all of the so beaches nothing, are open and everything. All okay. the beaches are open, just they don't want you to be in groups. And right, right. when you're fishing, don't you want to be by yourself pretty much anyway? You know. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. The lonelier, right. the better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So good. Oh, okay. I, I had assumed that they were closed, but uh, I know in no. uh, Colorado here, it's um, same kind of thing. You can't go out with guides, um, you know, even on a wade trip. Um, yeah. Uh, but you, you can. Some trailheads are closed here where you can't get into places because. Well, actually, the trailheads started getting busier. <laughs> when they shut everything else down, you know. Well, that's what happened. A lot yeah. of the parks in New York State got – if if you could pull up to a parking lot and it's crowded, just go to the next one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the most unfortunate things, too, is we have an area on Jones Beach called the West End, um, and it's the inlet. So now you, you could fish the inlet, you could fish the back base, and you could fish the open beaches right from the West End. So you have a lot of options. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's also one of our testing spots for the coronavirus. So that's shut out. Oh. You can't get to oh. it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, because it's a phenomenal place for bluefish. So hopefully, yeah. well, we're hoping. We're hoping everything yeah. works out. we're all out. hoping. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on up to the east-south shore. So the east-south shore. Yeah. 
So All right. So now you're starting. The water is actually it's almost as clear as the Caribbean. It's almost. Uh, now we have a lot of the bays like Shinnecock, which has a lot of flats. Some guys work it, and, and you'll see them. They almost look like these boats should be down in the uh, Bahamas. They got the polling platforms on, and it's sight fishing. It's the most. In my opinion, the most exciting of all the striped bass because you see the fish, you pick your fish out, you know, it's just, it gets your heart pumping. It's also the most difficult because if you could see them, it's a good chance they're going to see you. And because they're right. in such shallow water, they are spooky. So they will sometimes follow a fly right up to the boat and then when turn you away. you say shallow water, oh. How deep is the water there that you're talking Anywhere about? from a foot to three feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you can, you're watching it's like uh, bone you know, fishing. rays. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. bone fishing. It's exactly <laughs> like bone fishing. Um, yeah. And we have quite a few flats on the eastern end, uh, all the way out to the two Twin Forks. So a lot of these guys, they and that it's really good in June, July. That's where the crabs, they're eating, they're up there feeding on crabs. And what's also very good is you actually want to do sight fishing when the sun is almost overhead. So you're there at 10, 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock. That's when you're looking for the fish. And you're looking for shadows, not the fish, because they just blend in. Okay, I'm, I'm, on my, uh, I'm on my map right now, and where does this... Where would you say this starts? In the west uh, usually most of the sight fishing starts somewhere around Shinnecock. If you look all the way just before yeah. the Twin Forks, you got that big bay on the south shore. It's called Shinnecock. It goes, the yeah. Shinnecock Canal connects the Peconic Bay with the south shore. Yeah, um, gotcha. So okay. that, in my opinion, is something. I will tell you, I have done sight fishing right in by my house. And it is exciting. It's not quite as clear. And there are a lot more boats. So you don't want a lot of wave action. You want it yeah. fairly clear, you know. But so the, that's, the, you see a lot of them out there. You know, the, then, the flats fishing you're talking about is in those bays in Shinnecock oh, Bay, yeah. or is it outside the barrier reef? Yeah. No, no, it's on in the, the inside, bays. in the yeah. bays. Okay. And you also have, a, you have also when you go out farther east, Right, you have the two forks. You have in between, Gardner's Island has a lot of flats around it. The uh, the shoreline has a lot of flats. The flats don't have to be big. They can be, uh, you know, less than an acre in size. Fish will as long as there's deep water from the come up on, just so they need they want to have protection. Uh, they, they're up on the flats to feed, but they also realize. Birds are also overhead, and they can be spotted. So they like to be as close to the deeper water as they can. So you don't need huge flats for this to happen. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Okay, okay. Um, and the same kind of – now, do we still have bluefish up here, or is it mainly stripers? Though? No, bluefish on the flats are, are phenomenal. What I like about bluefish, I'd rather fish for bluefish than stripers, in my opinion. And the reason is, first of all, they come in, they're mad as, when you hook them, they either, they can run or they come right out of the water and they jump and they're snapping. Um, they get, you get them in the boat and they want a piece of you. I mean, they, they like watching you, you know, they just huh. so hard, you know, 
for for a 10 pound 12 pound you know an 18 pound bluefish you're into the backing i mean they're just fight hard they're nasty and and they look like they're watching you you know they want you don't get the fingers too close they'll take it you know yeah huh and they got teeth huh oh my like piranhas they're like piranhas huh. you know like yeah. i said if they got any bigger i wouldn't swim i wouldn't go swimming <laughs> When they uh, rip through a school of blue uh, bait fish, it's just it's a massacre. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I heard they're just uh, it's just like like you say piranha swarming <laughs> around the bait well, fish. So if you Pretty really cool. want a big striper, you find a school of bluefish, fish the edges, or try to get the fly through them down below them because that's where the big stripers lay. They pick up the scraps. They're lazy. Let the bluefish oh, really? do all the working. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a tip. Yeah, good one. Well, now, uh, so we're in, at the end of the island virtually, right? And uh, do you consider the um, Conic Bay area the east end or, or what? Well, that's kind of like uh, it's start the east end, but you, it goes all the way. you got the forks, the twin forks. you got the north fork and the south fork. Uh, the south fork is a little bit longer, and that ends in, in Montauk. If you right. go any farther, you're going to end in England. You know, it's, it's the end <laughs> end of the country right Cross there. Cross the big you know? pond, yeah. Cross yeah. the big pond. And uh, it's because of the way it's laid out uh, in the fall when everything's migrating, it all has to come past Montauk. And it's just this pandemonium. Uh, you boat, know, there was boat, a book written called, up. oh, it's it's crazy. First of all, I personally, you know, I don't go out there too much then because you could have 50 boats in a very small area chasing these schools. Um, yeah. They're just feeding on the on the bait fish. In years past, there, I mean, there was a book written called the uh, the Moon Pulled Up an Acre of Bass, and that's it's no lie. It was crazy. Last year was pretty good. Some years it's better than others. I mean, we do have problems with stripers, but in uh, Albacore, when the Albacore are there, it's just pandemonium. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so um, we go around Montauk. We're, we're over there in uh, Gardner's, uh, Gardner's Bay and uh, Conic Bay. What's right. fishing like in there? Like I said, Gardner's Island, first of all, it's private. Somebody actually owns it. So you can't actually step on it, but you're allowed to fish. Okay from the shoreline, you know, in a boat. You can't get yeah. to it but by boat. And right. it's like fishing the Caribbean. I mean, the water is crystal clear in the summer. You're, you're looking at, uh, you you're, you're actually, it's very hard to see the striper itself. You know, what you do is see the shadow on the bottom. It's white sand. It, it's absolutely gorgeous out there. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I try to try to get out there once or twice a year, you know. And I, uh, I do have. Run. Yeah. Well, do you pull your boat up it's there actually not. It's really actually not that bad for um, uh, Montauk. A lot of my okay. guides, and a lot of them keep them on trailers too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, they, that's what they do. They have their, they fish the flats in the summer, and then they'll bring out the bigger boats and fish the deeper water, the rips yeah. and all that. Okay. So. Okay. Um, and then the Peconic. The Peconic is, uh, yes, that actually was known for its weak fish, uh, but 
the weak fish are really not as, as hasn't been as good as it has been in years and years. Uh, but it does. It still gets the stripers. It still gets the bluefish. It's it That's actually. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, they're all over the island. If they're in, they're in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even in the summer, in the heat of the summer, you know, it becomes more of a striper game. Is more of a, during the night uh, when yeah. they'll come out of the deeper water. You know, when the water starts cooling off. But they're they're, okay. they're on, if they're around the island, they're around. You know. Okay. Let's. Uh, we're. we're running out of time here so we'll have to move faster okay. Okay. but it's a lot to talk about it's uh, you know oh, yeah um yeah the uh, the east north shore now coming around the end and we're on the east north well, shore what do we got up there well that that's uh that's orient point and i actually prefer orient point only because it doesn't get the pressure that the montauk gets montauk's famous orient point is uh like the second child it, it doesn't get the respect but it has have it has great fishing, very deep water, right off the shore because now you're you're right on the sound, which is very yeah. deep, and so there again their beaches are they're not sandy they're rocky so there's a lot of boulders in the water. I mean you got if you've got your own boat you got to be careful you really do need to know the waters because these boulders yeah. you know quarter mile out and you could hit a big boulder sitting in the water. Oh wow. Uh, it's pretty interesting, um, and it does get pretty wild. I mean, the, if the wind's against the tide, you got pretty good waves. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. A, it's, and it gets a fog too, gets a lot of fog. But I, fl- I like to fish from the shoreline. I walk the beaches uh, in the fall, looking for albacore or stripers. It's, it's very, it's a lot of fun. It's beautiful out there too. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Okay, and going west from there. Uh, the west now you're starting to get more again in the middle of the island. I think you had somebody that was talking about uh, uh, Wading River. That's in the middle. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's actually, um, you know, there again. Any of the parks you could get into. A lot of them, though, you got to be careful. You got to really. Everyone is different. Um, we do have a, a state park called Sunken Meadow. And there again, you need that night fishing permit that, that you no longer can get this time of year. You can get it after Labor Day, but you can't get it anymore this year. Um, but the, you can fish that at night, and that has uh, that's where the mouth of the Nessequag River comes in, which drains a pretty good part of the. It's a pretty moving moves pretty good in that river on a on dropping tide, and there's some smaller creeks that feed into it. So you have you have a lot of opportunity there, which is also good. A lot of bars you can walk out about 200 yards right into the sound. Um, mm-hmm. But you really should know where to go because you, you don't want to get into trouble with the tides. I mean, they move pretty good. That's a, The North Shore gets seven foot. That's how far the tide rises and oh. falls every day. Wow. South Shore yeah. is about five foot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit of difference. And it sounds yeah. like it's deeper on the north side. Than it is it's very top. it's very deep. The water could get very deep, and it yeah. drops off very quickly. Why the South Shore? You got, it's a little more, you know, gradual. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then the west, uh, the west uh, North Shore. Well, you have a lot of harbors, uh, deep harbors uh, there, and mm-hmm. uh, there again, you look for parks. You could get in and walk the shoreline. 
Uh, it's rocky. It's there again. It holds pretty good water. I prefer to fish the North Shore on a dropping tide, but you know everybody has their opinion. I prefer that on a North Shore, and I prefer actually almost two hours to the bottom of the tide. And if you get into certain areas, you know, and walk, and there's some, uh, there's a couple museums that are there that you're allowed to access the property from. And uh, you're close to the city. You got you can look at the skyline. <laughs> you know? it's, yeah, uh, and you yeah. and they're the first. Those are the first harbors and bays that actually start seeing stripers in the spring, um, because oh, like they're it. so close to the Hudson and the fish. And the, the Hudson is um, a major spawning river for stripers. Hudson and the Chesapeake. So your major so the stops. stripers. They come down the Sound and they go down the East River and then then. Sometimes, sometimes the stripers will go down from the Sound down the East River. They'll go into the Sound and head up. They're heading towards the northern part of the state, you know, uh, the coastline. When the Chesapeake's tend to run around or right along the shore, their South Shore. Oh, so, okay. Okay. so that's why yeah, they're you all get over the place, stuff. aren't they? <laughs> oh, they're you know, stripers are amazing. You know, when the stripers are really you know, and the, the populations, the striper population is in a little bit of trouble. It's not as bad as it was back in the in the late 80s and the early 90s. But, you know, we people just don't realize you can't eat eat and kill everything there is. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm for this, this sport, you know. I don't keep any fish if I don't, you know, occasionally I'll keep one. But I, I just, I'm there for the experience and for yeah. people to yeah. say, you know, people say it all the time. You know, if I can't keep it, it's not worth fishing. I'm like, what? You're kidding me. You really? If, you, if that's the yeah. case, then it's cheaper to go buy a fish. You know? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, hard to explain to uh, your significant other many times. <laughs> oh yeah. When you don't come home with fish. <laughs> nah, my wife. My wife fishes, so she she knows. Yeah. She knows. Yeah. The, the, yeah, but I think people, you know, when you're in a trout stream, you know, you 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 realize that it's not an infinite, uh, you know, number of fish that are there. Just when you remember, look at the ocean, that, I think people think that there's oh, just absolutely. fish everywhere, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and they figure I'm going to get mine, you know, type of thing. But yeah. The most important you got to remember too, catch and release is relatively new everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in the '60s, guys didn't people kept trout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, our fathers, yeah. you know, would would yeah. you know, you see the pictures in the family album of a stringer full of fish. You know, that's what yeah. everybody did back then. But that's right. There were a lot more fish too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there was a question from uh, you. You answered Phil's question, I think, on the you know what's happening with the fishery there. Uh, so it sounds like it's coming back from. A, All right. If we're time. smart about it, it will come back. Yeah. We have a lot of dedicated people working on it there's a, a saltwater guides association and i think you know john mcmurray he had he's one yeah. of the principals of that and the, their idea is the, the fish are worth more in the water than stuck on a boat you know type of thing yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah. uh hopefully with that and people keep it in mind that you know we're here for the sport we're not here for the meat yeah. you know so we got another question don wood in farmington uh, new york he says, uh, just started saltwater uh, fly fishing. Been freshwater for about 15 years. Uh, what places would you recommend to fish? So if he's just getting started, what would be uh, um, would you point him? If you're going to do uh, fly fishing and you want to start, 
He's in Farmingdale, so he's not too far from either Sunken Meadow or Robert Moses. And you can fish, you know, Cap Tree area. And you just, like I said, just get out there and, and fish. And the thing is about salt water, that compared to freshwater, is salt water, the fish are moving constantly, constantly. So you really have to learn the areas. What's the best tide? What's the best wind? You know, what's the the moon phase? Uh, and you start patterning. You start keeping a log. And the, what I would suggest: pick an area and fish it, and fish it, and fish it, and learn the different ah. tides. Learn how you know how everything reacts. Um, so he does have a he has a lot of options there. One of the things, and if you don't mind me saying, the best way to learn how to do any of this is by joining a club you know because you meet people that are in everybody's in the same boat and everybody wants yeah. to learn and they all yeah. and you learn from each other uh, definitely one of the best ways to do this yeah. and reasonably priced I mean they're inexpensive we've got some questions coming in on the internet here um, Phil in uh, Kentucky said uh, how large do the bluefish get that you typically fish for um, you can get them. Bluefish have no problem eating each other, so they tend to stay in schools the same size. So, in the summer, on the in the back bays, we get a tremendous amount of uh, three to four pounders, and they'll be okay. in that school as three and four pounders. And then you have the schools of the snappers, which are all twelve inches. But then you can right in the spring, like in June, May and June. In the back bays, we will get fish up in the high teens, and you go to Montauk, you'll find them in the ocean all the time. You know, in the high high teens. Um, they, I've never really seen too many that are beyond 18 pounds. Occasionally, I think we did have one caught right off the beach that was 22 pounds, which there again, that's pretty much scary. You know. Yeah. The other part of his question was, uh, were they ever harvested commercially, bluefish? Um, the problem with the bluefish is that there's, there is a market. Not really. There's really no market. I mean, they're, they're they cheap per pound. They don't wear pound. well, right? <laughs> they don't, they don't yeah. hold up well. They don't freeze well. Um, yeah. If you're going to, you know, for yourself, I prefer, like I said, I prefer a, uh, a small fish. And I'm bound and determined to actually smoke one this summer. Because I heard they yeah. smoke really well because they're so oily. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. You know, I think what he's uh, after is um, the fishery might be better than the uh, stripers because they don't get uh, commercial. Uh, fish. No, no. When they the no? problem was, and and my problem is, Larry. Again, people feel that you know I'm going to get mine, and they had a extremely last year and the year before for as long as I can remember, it was 15 fish limit. And so some people 15? to that mind, oh yeah, 15, it was ridiculous. Uh, oh. In their mind, it was 15 every time they went back to their car. And, and oh, so they, <laughs> the, the population is down. I will say, the last two years, I've seen more of the smaller ones in the back bay. They grow very fast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when they're yeah. around, they're a lot of fun. But there was a time when... You, every time I went out, I could always count on finding schools of bluefish. And in yeah. the last couple of years, it's been a little off. The last year was be the, probably the best one in about five years. But hopefully, they reduced it down to three, two fish per person, three fish if you're on a commercial boat. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm like, what are you going to keep them for anyway? I mean, if you, yeah. you yeah. they don't, if you're not going to eat them that night, you don't want them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's what I hear. Um, yeah. We've got. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> this question I had to read it again. Daniel in Great Neck, he says, Paul, for fishing purposes only during the COVID-19 virus, are mother-in-laws considered family in the New York State? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that is serious or, or what. <laughs> Do you want to bring your mother-in-law, yeah, Daniel, or not? <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Um, they, they're talking uh, about people that are living in your house, you know. So if she's living in the house, you can bring her, you know. Oh, <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> well, um, we'll leave that as it is. Okay. So uh, let's take a quick break and then come back, and we're going to talk about freshwater. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Fly Fishers International needs your support. Its conservation projects at both the national and club level are addressing critical issues of importance to fly fishers. The organization provides grants to help with restoration of habitats like the Wolf Creek in Idaho and the Sands Creek in Delaware County, New York and funds projects that collect valuable data about fish and their habitats, uh, like the peacock bass study in Miami, Florida. Uh, FFI's core values remain unchanged to serve as a strong advocate for fly fishing in all waters for all fish, and to preserve and promote the arts of fly casting and fly tying, and to help ensure future generations can enjoy these one-of-a-kind experiences. These efforts won't be nearly as effective without your help. If you're not already a member, we invite you to join Fly Fishers International as they work to cultivate conservation, education, and community within the sport of fly fishing. Join Fly Fishers International today and help support their fine work. For more information, go to their website at flyfishersinternational.org. Again, that's flyfishersinternational.org. You're listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We're talking with Paul McCain about Long Island's fly fishing treasures. If you'd like to ask Paul a question, go to our homepage on askaboutflyfishing.com, and uh, use that Q&A text box to send us your question. Okay, um, so we're going to switch gears now. We're going to talk about fresh water. So um, let's, uh, let's just start at the top. Um, what types of fisheries are available on the island? Um, we have a very interesting area. First of all, in the state of New York, this is we get a longer growing season, so we have warm water fisheries, of course, the the bass, the pickerel, the bluegills, and they tend to run a little bit bigger around here because we were we stay warmer in the winter time because the ocean actually keeps us warmer than upstate. Uh, but we also have uh, trout fishing, and we've always had trout fishing. In fact, in the 1800s, Long Island was the place to go for brook trout. This was the place. Uh, we had a lot of, all our water is ground-based, or spring creeks. We're not, uh, we don't have any freestones. We don't have any, uh, we don't depend on snow melt. Everything is coming out right out of the ground. So they stay pretty constant. So we do have a lot of different ponds, and everything. we have different types of ponds here on Long Island. Uh, one of the biggest thing is when somebody comes into the shop, they ask, first of all, they ask, where can I go fishing? And anywhere. I mean, just, there's just so much <laughs> to go. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, this is, like I said, this is a home. I live here. And yeah. I love going to Montana. I love going down south. 
but I I'm not going to I'm not going to stop fishing because I live here. You know. Yeah, yeah. So um Tim Keller in Salem, Oregon asks, uh, how many miles of public access streams are there on the island? And when is the time to find them possibly the least crowded? <laughs> well, usually <laughs> during the middle of the week is the best, but now everybody's home. And, yeah. uh, it, it, but, you know, it's funny. Is to me, I don't think they're crowded. But if you come from Montana, you would say, oh, my God, this is they're packed. Uh, we have several main streams, and some of them are in parks where you actually pay to play type of park, uh, and it's set up like a, an English system. You have a beat to yourself, so you you only oh, really? get hmm. yeah yeah you'll get like the two major parks is the Connecticut and the Nessequoc. Uh, the Nessequoc is actually in Caleb Smith Park, um, and you you get about a hundred. 100 feet, 100 and a half feet, that's yours, you know, uh, nobody can, but it's set up for four hours, so it's not like we could go and come when you want, mm. so that's one of the you main make a reservation reasons. for a you, you can make a reservation, and you, you get a beat, and uh, you, a lot of people will take two uh, periods, it's uh, $25 for four hours, and they'll take two and stay there. Now, that's with those two parks, but there's also the Carmen's River. Now, I should state, those three parks, Connecticut, Nessequoc, and Carmen's River, they were all set up as sportsmen's uh, clubs. Uh, they have, uh, you know, this was where the wealthy used to play, and they have, uh, the Connecticut has its own hatchery, uh, and it is, they're amazing, and, and I'm so happy that they actually became state parks because they're protected. They can't be developed. And Okay, so they're the all Carmen's state now. They're not private then. No, they're not okay. private. They're no longer right. private. Uh, the state or our county parks. Uh, Carmen's River is actually a county park, and what's great about that is you, you still pay per day or you can buy a season, which I always do is buy a season, and you can come and go when you want. And you can go up and down the river as wherever you want. Uh, you're not locked into a, a certain area. Uh, what so, if you go into some guy's beat? Well, there is no beats. You, you just no have to. Comment. You have to be respectful. And and there's enough. And even though I've been on the river, and somebody would say, "Oh, it's so crowded," and I'd be looking down the river, and you barely could see the person down there. You know. So yeah. it's, this is, hey, you go to Manhattan, you're not gonna, you better get used to not having private space. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, uh, so. But there are the rivers too. Here. Which ones have the beats and which ones okay. are? Okay, the Quad and the Nessequag are beats. Those are pay okay. for play. You pay $25 for four hours. Okay. Uh, they're, they're all spring creeks, like I said. Easy waiting, grab they're the low gradient. There's no rapids or anything on them, and they're actually in your neck of the woods. You call, call them creeks. You know, they're they're so they're small. Too small to float. Too small to float. Oh yeah, you you wouldn't you yeah. couldn't float on these. You wouldn't want okay. to. You know. Okay. No, they, in spots uh, at a wide spot, it's thirty feet. You know. Mm -hmm. But what's nice is they're because they're spring creeks. They're very uh, consistent on their hatches. Um, the Carmen's River is one of my favorites because, first of all, 
it has a, a wild population of brookies, brook trout. And then they do stock it up to a certain point. But I love fishing for wild fish. They're not big. A big brookie in that is a 12-incher. But it just is incredibly, and they're smart. They're smooky. You have to know a little bit more than you with a hatchery fish. Um, what I like about now, these, the connect uh, quad, what's that? Uh, I was just going to ask you um, where these rivers are on Long Island. Uh, the uh, the connect quad is out in Oakdale, which is just pretty much across from Fire Island. It flows into the Great South Bay. The Carmen's okay. a little bit farther out, about 15 minutes out, also flows into the south, into the bay. The Nessequoc actually flows into the sound, and it's almost directly across the island from the Connecticut, and it flows right into right. the sound. Um, but there are rivers on Long Island through parks and whatnot, and uh, in fact, Long Island has one of the most active Trout Unlimited chapters uh, the two they have two chapters, and both of them are extremely active, more than some of the ones upstate. And they, uh, one of the chapters actually wrote a book on all the spring creeks. And there's about five or six spring creeks on Long Island that you could fish. And you know, some of it's in suburbia, you know, but they're they're all have a lot of fun, you know, just to get out there. Um, we do have wild brook trout on Long Island, so. It, it, and the others, um, do they? They stock, uh, you have both rainbows and browns, or? We only, you know, most of the parks only stock rainbows or brookies, if they okay. stock anything. And if they if they have a wild population of brook trout, they won't stock on top of them. Um, right, so. right. But okay, uh, we so. don't, they, they don't stock as many browns in the streams because they are pretty aggressive on the brookies, you know. A big brown will take out a couple of brookies, you know. Yeah. So they yeah. probably don't, but they do stock the browns in the ponds, and that's another okay. story. Yeah. yeah, let me see if there's any questions uh, about the rivers here uh, online. Um, Scott in Belmore asked, uh, what is your hidden freshwater gem on Long Island? Um Oh, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. Uh, <laughs> there's two. One I'm learning, it's called Carl's River, and that actually flows out of another state park. And there again, it's a small, it's a small um, river. But that's actually is pretty good, even because we're allowed to fish all winter long, and that's pretty, could be very good uh, at times, like anything. Yeah. And the Carl's River, of course, is one of my favorites. Uh, only because it's more wild. Um, you have to be much better fisherman. You do have to do that. Plus, I could go and fish for a couple of hours. I'm, I'm not locked into any time period. Uh, there's yeah. also, surprisingly, a little stream that I'm just, and it's really close to my house. It's called Massapequa Creek. And that, that again, is, is like, it's the adventure of discovery. You know, mm -hmm. I don't care yeah. if I go and I just find bluegills, you know. Yeah. And this yeah. is this is really in suburbia. This is, the houses <laughs> are right up against it, you uh, know. There's all these, I'm surprised you're even naming them because um, a friend of uh -oh. mine, uh, actually, that uh, that I started this, asked about fly fishing with, John Bishop, who lives up in, um, uh, in, in Montana. I went up fishing up there with a friend this uh, fall and, 
and he he took us to a place, and he says, "Now you can't tell anybody <laughs> where we're going." Well, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like his his home turf, you know, and he doesn't want anybody going to his home turf, and everybody else goes to the Madison and the you know all the big rivers out there. Absolutely. But, uh, we went up this little little creek, and we we just had a blast, you know. So uh, well, uh, yeah. It's, sometimes it's, it's the the little ones are the best. Well, the, I, I will tell you, I mean, there are ones I haven't named, but there is books out there. There are so yeah, many. Yeah. There's this Trout Unlimited actually made this one book. It's called Siloan and Spring Creeks. And, you know, I sell a ton of these books because I want people out there fishing. If I can yeah. get them out there fishing, they're going to now take they, – they're invested in this this area. And they're going to take yeah, care of yeah. it, and then they're going to become yeah. TU members, and, and you know that's what I want. You know, I'm not okay. one of these people. You know, you're going to hold a secret, and then nobody gets yeah. that. You you lose yeah. access if you do yeah. that. Okay, we got a bunch yeah. more questions. I'm going to roll through okay. some of these quick answers. Uh, Kenny the Hat in Oceanside. You know Kenny the <laughs> I know him, so I I actually <laughs> texted him about this question because oh, okay. uh, I said, yeah, he says, uh, you know. What's the difference of uh, the size of the fly or something like that? Oh, no, this one, he says, he wants to know about Truman's Beach on the North Shore of Long Island. What do you <laughs> oh, know about it? <laughs> now he's naming. <laughs> you know what? I took him there. <laughs> and oh, we actually, okay. it was funny was we fished it, and I tell people all the time, you want to fish the low light, and I, I run trips. And I had a trip up there, and people, you know, they all started going home. And I'm like, you got to stay in the dark. And they left. Him and I and one other gentleman stayed, and we were fishing, for, and we were into stripers, like amazing right up against our knees. They're bumping into us. Uh, and we were standing a foot off the shore. It was it was crazy. And it was funny thing is we were using fly rods, and this other gentleman was using a spinning rod. He couldn't buy a fish. And mm. we just had action on the fly rod. Uh, yeah. But the, he knows that area. But that's a that's a good access point if you're on the north shore uh, by Orient okay. Point. Okay, we got a question coming in. I don't want you to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> hey, Mike. Postal and Valley Stream. He says, Paul, what's your favorite beat on the Connect Quad? And I'm going to answer it for you. Mike, go figure it out for yourself. <laughs> that's like, no, I'll that's I'll getting too you. specific. Too he specific. doesn't want me to. He doesn't want me to answer that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Twenty, you know, twenty people lined up there tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got a couple others in here. Uh, about your business, uh, what's uh, Kevin Lynch and Lindhurst? What's your preference, Connect Quat or the Carmen's River? Uh, the, my preference is the Carmen's. Uh, okay. There's several reasons. There again, it's if I can't pick out four hours and you know go I, with the Carmen's, I could go anytime. With that said, and I just like to throw this out there, we're on Long Island. We're very close to Westchester, which is just on the other side of the bridge, which has a lot of uh, tailwater fisheries, and yeah, I yeah. just love fishing for them up there. Sure, yeah. And yeah. that's, a, that's yeah, we, even Yeah, we can't even, I mean, we, we talked about going there tonight, but we, we're not going to yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah. There's too yeah. much to talk about here. Um, okay, there's a, and you can answer these quickly, uh, what type of programs do you run out of your shop? Uh, we have casting classes, fly tying classes. In the wintertime, I do five classes a week, uh, $5 a class. So you tie two flies, and uh, 
get a cup of coffee. Uh, then we also do uh, these trips. We ran 19 trips, day trips, um, and it was $30 for the trip, and that included your lunch. So they're reasonable. I My goal is to be, make you a fly fisherman, hopefully make you a customer for life. That's my goal. Okay. Um, Kenny the Hat wants to know what the status of the Fly Fishing Expo is on Long Island. Yeah. Okay. Kenny the Hat and I are the sponsors of, we had a Fly Fishing Expo. We've, we've worked on it. We've had one uh, through different organizations for the last four years. It was so phenomenal. So this is a slick way to promote your, your expo. Yeah, he's promoting this. <laughs> uh, he's promoting this. Yeah. But, he, but with this year, right at the very end, we had to cancel it because of the coronavirus. We postponed it. We don't know when yeah. we're, when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen this year, but we will come back next year, and it will be bigger and better. It is a phenomenal day. Okay. Um, one question. Andrew in Baldwin wanted to know about uh, leaders you used for blue. Do you use 20-pound test or wire? Um, All right. And he says, Here's what I do. If I want to fish and I'm with the chance of catching a striper, I'm going to use fluorocarbon, and I'm going to use 30 to 50-pound fluorocarbon because the blues might bite through it, but the chances are I might not. Now, if I'm targeting the bluefish, I'm using about six, seven inches of this knottable wire. Uh, the reason is is because they can bite right through line very easily. They can after you got to check it all the time. They're always biting on the wire. So and blue okay. and bass will not hit wire. So. That's why I switched it over. Okay, we'll come back. We got a few more questions, but I wanted you to talk about the kettle and mill ponds. Can you okay. explain to people what those are and, sure. and how they fish? Sure. We have a glare again. A kettle pond was the, when the glacier receded. It left big chunks of ice buried underground, and when they melted, they became these kettle ponds. And kettle ponds are kind of round. They're usually round, and they're like cavities. They tend to be very deep. They survive on groundwater only. There's no inflow or outflow in them. So if you're in a drought, they get shallow. They get a little, you know, less, they become a little muddier too. But most times there's always water in them. And because they are like uh, cavities, shallow on the outside, phenomenal warm water fisheries like pickerel and bass and, and bluegills and perch. But on the drop off, when they get down to about 15 feet, you're going to have trout, and they do stock them, and some of the trout get big. In fact, our biggest one is Kettle Pond is Lake Ronkonkoma, which is pretty good size. It's a big, big uh, kettle pond. It must have been a real big chunk of ice. And they had a problem with the white perch was overpopulating it, and when you overpopulate, they become stunted. So they actually put these walleye to feed on them, and now it's become a fishery in itself. Everybody wants to go for the walleye. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't it true and, that on the East Coast uh, you call small lakes ponds, whereas yeah. in my well, mind a pond is like the, the feeding trough on a ranch or something. You know? No, it, it's funny. <laughs> as, where, where we are, we call them ponds, but they're usually an acre or two. They're not very big. Yeah. Some of them are bigger. Yeah. But you go to Maine, a pond is like a huge lake. You know, yeah, they, that's they, what I thought. They call yeah. them different. You know, yeah. But we do have also what we call mill ponds, and that's where most of these rivers were dammed up. They were used for mills, and, and most of our mills were what we call tidal. So you, the water would come in on the tide and then go out on the tide, and they, they'd form these 
these uh, mills. They would power the whatever they use them for, uh, oh. and um, now they're not being used. In my opinion, some of them should be taken out. A lot of people say, well, it's history and all that, but I, you know, like some of the rivers have them and they become heat sinks. You know, they they warm up the river, and it's not good oh. for the trout and some of them you can't access, you know, so I, I don't see the purpose of them. But on the South Shore, we have quite a few of these little mill ponds, which, like I said, for I go fishing all the time, and, and they're loaded with all the, most of the warm weather. They're too shallow to support trout year-round. They will stock them in the spring, and they will stock them in the fall, but they never survive the summer. And if you want to keep fish, that's the time to take those fish because they're not going to make it. Oh. But okay. carp is okay, a big good. thing now. And where, how do you find, uh, are these, most of these uh, kettle and milk, are they in parks and so forth? Uh, yeah, usually they're, they're around parks. There's uh, there's quite yeah. a few, quite a few uh, on yeah. Long Island. Uh, okay. And, in fact, so, yeah. I could walk to two, three of them I mean, close to my okay. house, you know. Some more questions they, came in on the Internet, yeah. and I'm going to kind of roll through these. Um, okay. uh, can I buy a Spring Creek guide on your website? Uh, no, I don't have, the problem is I do all the work on the website and I haven't gotten it up there. If he contacts me, calls the shop, I'll be more than happy to put it in the mail for him. Uh, there you go. It would be okay, about, Tom. it would be about, what's that? I'm just telling Tom that's what he needs to do is give you a call. So yeah. You guys figure that out. I'm going to try to get through yeah. some more of these questions okay. here. Best fly rod size for fishing uh, freshwater on Long Island? Uh, there again, if I'm going to target the, the ponds, I'm going to use nine footer. If I'm going to fish the, the spring creeks only, seven and a half is probably my favorite size. Um, even smaller, eight is probably it. I mean, they, these are small streams. They're not big. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple other questions. Mark Altman in Colorado he says, when I was a kid growing up in Bay Shore, Long Island, we used to get a couple of sea run rookies. Are they still around? Yes, they still. We still get brookies. We also get C1 browns. In fact, out of the Connecticut, because they're stocking rainbows, they will drop back into the the brackish water, into the bays, and they come back. They almost look like steelhead. They're bright silver when they come back up the river. Uh, right, yes, so we do have C steelhead. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Um, uh, random questions here. Mitchell in uh, New York City says, looking at the photo of your email today, he says, I notice you're wearing a fish pond switchback weighing belt system. Does the hip I'm, pack I'm stay not. dry? What? I'm not. That's, oh. the, that's one of their sling packs, uh, more like a satchel. Ah. I, I, do, I do sell fish pond. I, they do not make that model anymore. Um, I don't know why. It was, they do make one called the uh, Delta, which is it's more like a satchel. And uh, does it get wet? Yeah, if I go too deep. But the sling pack, yeah. the other one he's talking about, it's like a belt system. And it is a really good system. And it's not a problem yeah. on Long Island because we don't have the deep rivers. Yeah. But if you go into big rivers, you it might get a little wet, yes. Yeah. I'm going to finish things up here. We're running late. Uh, but I'm going to read off Phil from Kentucky's two comments he put in here on, online. <laughs> good way to end it. He said, I am so pumped up by Paul's description of the saltwater fishing on Long Island that I probably will not sleep tonight. If, if I do sleep uh, and a big bluefish invades my dreams, I'll thank Paul. 
And he says, <laughs> with the saltwater fishing available that Paul has described, I would encourage others to fish freshwater on Long Island while I go fish the saltwater. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> You've inspired uh, someone out there to... Uh, oh, it's, it's uh, all fishing. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all so, good. Anyway, well, we've got to uh, wrap it up here, and um, it, it's been so much fun, um, Paul, but uh, stick with me. We're going to give away a few prizes and uh, finish things up here. Um, okay, we're going to be giving away a, a one-year membership to Fly Fishers International, a one-year subscription to Fly Fishing and Tying Journal, and then Paul's going to give us a $50 gift certificate to River Bay Outfitters, riverbayoutfitters.com. So stick with us, and we'll give those away in just a minute. The Bristol Bay region of southwest Alaska is home to the largest runs of wild salmon on the planet and some of the best trophy rainbow trout fishing found anywhere. The pebble mine still remains a threat to the region, and 2 million acres of federal lands may also be at risk. The entire fly fishing industry has united in this epic conservation battle. Anglers from across the country are joining the fight. Be one of them. Visit savebristolbay.org forward slash tell President Trump. And there you can learn how you can uh, put your name on a, a letter to the president uh, about saving this fishery. Again, it's savebristolbay.org forward slash tell President Trump. And then you can uh, also browse around that website and find out more about uh, what's to be lost if we don't save this fishery. So check it out and uh, be part of the solution. And just a quick reminder to everyone, before you leave the website tonight, please take a minute and give us your feedback about the show. You can find a link on our home page in the section under tonight's show that says, what do you think of the show? Just click on that link, leave your comments, and we'd really appreciate it. So now it's time to give away prizes. And um, the winners for the drawings tonight are randomly selected from our show's registration database. And if you didn't register by now, it's too late. Do it next time so you have a chance to win on our next show and win one of these great prizes. So first thing we're giving away is a membership to the Fly Fishers International, a one-year membership. And um, to learn more about FFI, go to flyfishersinternational.org. Uh, again, flyfishersinternational.org. You'll find out about all the things that they're involved in, both freshwater and saltwater. Uh, so check them out. Um, and uh, our winner for that is Tim Keller in Oregon. Tim Keller in Oregon. So congratulations, Tim. Um, if you are one of these lucky winners, by the way, we'll contact you after the show to, uh, to uh, get your information so we can uh, get these prizes out to you. Um, and now we'll give away a one-year subscription to Fly Fishing and Tying Journal. You can learn more about that at amatobooks.com. And Amato Books has all kinds of books on fly fishing, so check them out, too. Uh, great place to, to buy books, amatobooks.com. And our winner there is Beryl, Beryl Rhea, Rhea uh, in California. So um, probably destroyed your name, but, um, but you're a winner anyway, <laughs> whether I can pronounce it or not. So uh, congratulations for our winners tonight, and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy the, the prizes. And now um, we're going to do a uh, we're going to give away a fifty dollar gift certificate to River Bay Outfitters and um, RiverBayOutfitters.com. And uh, again, you know that's Paul's Fly Shop, uh, full service fly shop. Probably has anything you want to get there, whether uh, and uh, use your fifty dollars. So you can work that out with Paul. And um, what we want to do now is I'm going to ask a question. You're going to answer it through that form on our homepage where you've been asking questions throughout the show. That's where you're going to answer this question that I'm going to ask here. 
Um, and let me clear my queue here because we still got questions coming in, Paul. So we'll be here all night. Uh, <laughs> popular topic. Um, uh, so, tell him uh, to call me. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah, like call him. About it. Yeah, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul likes to talk, so uh, <laughs> call him. <laughs> Especially if it's about fly fishing. <laughs> so uh, um, let's uh, let's do this. Um, there are. We talked about. Uh, Long Island. Then I'm going to talk about saltwater. The West End, the West South Shore, the East South Shore, the East End, and um, uh, did I cover them all? West End, West South North Shore, West South Shore, East South Shore, and the East End. Where is the water almost as clear as the Caribbean, and you can do flats fishing in shallow water for stripers? What part of the island? So type it in uh, that and send it to me. The first person that gets it right will win uh, that $50 gift certificate. So, uh, Paul, it's a, there's a little delay before they actually hear me talk uh, with the system yeah. we have. So, and then they got to type. So we have to entertain them in the meantime. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you ever been to the Oyster Bar in uh, New York City? No, I have not. No. Uh, that's a place you, know, you got to go. I yeah, I, I surprising. I don't go into the city that often, and it's, I used to work yeah. in the city. I went to school in the city, but uh, now I'm a tourist when I go in. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good place to go as a tourist. It's, um, it's a, a, a lot of chowder fun. and yeah, oh, great fish yeah. they have there. Um, I actually went with uh, Sandy, the, the chef there, uh, to the the fish market, the old fish market, and also oh. the new fish market at four in the yeah. morning uh, to see how he picks and selects the fish for the day. Every day they go, wow. you know. I'm kind of giving my friend a plug, but uh, it's kind of an incredible experience. Uh, especially the old fish market was really kind of unique. Oh, it's uh, a, it was pretty incredible, yeah. Yeah, you had to go in four in the morning, you know, to to uh, experience oh, yeah. it, but it was worth it, you know. Uh, I'm going to read this one off to you. Peconic Bay clear water like the Caribbean is East Shore. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I would because that the the gardeners uh, in is in that area. So yes, I would say that. You would say that's okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'll go with Jeremy that. Jeremy Lowe I, uh, in Brooklyn. Who is it? Jeremy uh, Jeremy Lowe in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, so, good. He's uh, close New enough. He can it. come in. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, visit. He yeah. He in. hasn't already. You know. Right. So. Uh, I was so afraid Jeremy, it was going to be Kenny the Hat. You know? <laughs> I, I actually probably would have skipped over Kenny the Hat. You know, but, uh, he roundabout did that plug for your expo. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that but, um, no, Jeremiah Lowe, um, I might have said Jeremy before, but Jeremiah Lowe, Brooklyn, New York, you're the winner. Uh, Jeremiah, I'm going to um, use that same text box and send me your, I got your email, I got your name, why don't you send me your phone number, and then I will forward that on to Paul, and he will connect with you and help you to redeem that $50 gift certificate and, and so forth. So, so do that and uh, put your phone number in there, send it to them in that same form you just filled out, and we'll get you taken care of. So congratulations, Jeremiah. That's, uh, that's great, and uh, glad you won, and, uh, and paying attention. So good for you. All right. Well, Paul, hey, thank you so much for being, you know, part of my show and oh, uh, it was my educating pleasure. us on my Long pleasure. Island. Yeah, I mean, I learned so much that I did not know about Long Island, and now I'm excited to go out there. My daughter lives in uh, New York, in on Manhattan, so now oh, I have really? a, well, 
while she's working during the day, I can maybe sneak away. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> when I go visit her, if I can visit her, I guess. Anyway, um, but thanks again for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. And um, hopefully you've all found the archive on our website. If you haven't, just look at the link on the top line menu. This podcast archive. Uh, in it, you'll find over 310 shows now, and you can uh, search by keyword or keyword phrase like trout, tarpon. You know, now it's going to be Long Island and um, and stripers, and you'll you'll find all kinds of shows on uh, on all these topics. So go ahead and explore. I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised. Our next broadcast will be on May 6, 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and on that show, I'm going to interview Enrico Puglisi, another Long Islander, so to speak. And uh, our topic for the show will be flies that catch fish. Enrico Puglisi's flies and fly tying materials continue to have a groundbreaking impact on the future of saltwater and freshwater fly fishing. His unique hand-tied flies are recognized around the world. Listen in and learn how Enrico designs his flies and how he creates the one-of-a-kind materials he uses to match specific bait fish and to catch fish. So join us, and that should be a very interesting, uh, interesting interview. We'd like to thank Fly Fishers International, Amato Books, Douglas Outdoors, Baja Fly Fishing for sponsoring our show tonight. And don't forget to visit our website at askaboutflyfishing.com and make sure you're signed up to receive our announcements so you don't miss out on any of our future broadcasts. Thanks for listening to Ask About Fly Fishing Internet Radio. We hope you enjoyed the show. That's it. Good night, everyone, and good fishing. Welcome.